So for me, it's, it's, it's really the same thing in business, right? And, and in real estate, when I got there was, man, how, how do I create my own experience? And when I felt like I was working for somebody else and the experience was based off of what they wanted, and if, I have, if I'm being pushed in one direction, I can't really help people the way that I wanted to. Everybody, David Donaldson here with another episode of Entrepreneurial Impact. My associate Joe Martin's not with us here today. Well, Ted and I will be able to carry on without. We'll survive. Today, I'm joined by the one and only Ted Townsley. And Ted has got an incredible story that he's going to share with us. He's got a dynamic background, scoping from college football to coaching football to a regional position for a team that he now helps run. And I'm looking forward to interviewing my friend Ted I've gotten to know you for a little while now over the last two years. I'm really excited to kind of take this to another level and share this with the people that are in the region and around the country that are following us on our podcast. And I'd really like to go back like we do with most people, just kind of start from the beginning. There's a motivational factor for a lot of people, and sometimes it's inert or organic. Other people's developed over time, which is kind of what happened for me. But give me a little bit of background of Ted. You know, what, what's your driving factors? How did you get to be an entrepreneur? And who, who stoked that fire in you? Hey, everybody. Super excited to be on Entrepreneurial Impact. My name is Ted Townsley, regional director with United Home Group. Funny thing is my dad's always thought I was crazy for always working 100% commission jobs. So, um, you know, he definitely probably would have chosen a different route for me. However, you know, always been involved in athletics at a really, really high level since I was a, since I was a small kid. And, uh, you know, he obviously, my dad, uh, pushed me um, athletically and in multiple different sports, soccer, basketball, football, um, all team sports, funny enough, right? The golf has never been my strong suit. It's something about the individual sports I don't do well in. Um, however, along the way, he was able to get me, you know, some of the top-notch training and coaching that I needed to have opportunities at the next level, as you touched on, was able to go to uh, University of Maryland and play football there. Uh, hashtag go Terps. Uh, with that being said, um, you know, I was, I've been blessed to have some really, really awesome coaches, not just athletically, um, but they also cared about me as a person. Uh, and they really just, you know, I say all the time, my, my team, they, they get sports analogies all the time. So I have to apologize in advance, but you know, those lessons and I, you know, coaching high school football. Now I tell the kids, the lessons that we learn from sports, we can take and apply into our real life. And a lot of times, we just don't because we over we we overcomplicate things as humans, right? And when we strip things down, we realize what makes us who we are and the reason why we uh we have such a burning desire to succeed. Um, a lot of those a lot of those lessons that I've taken came directly from sports. So you, yeah, know. you said something to me one time. It kind of has always stuck with me. I and mean, yes, we we get the team aspect of sports, but there's a lot of times there's teams within the teams, and and you and I have touched on um, special teams. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I was a long snapper and you were involved with special teams, but you kind of broke that down to a level that was a team within the team and that team had to function perfectly. Let's kind of share that insight with us. Yeah, man. So obviously we'll, we'll stick on the special team subjects. So I was a punter at Maryland. And uh, one of the things that I also did was hold for field goals. Right. A lot of people don't realize how much time a long snapper, a kicker, a punter and a holder 
spend together in a practice, right? We probably have in college, in high school, you got all the time in the world to yourself. In college, you know, we had our periods that we had to be out there. We had to be executing. The rest of the time, we were kind of left up on our own to, you know, do the drills, whether somebody was watching us or not. Um, so the cool thing about that is you really developed a, like you said, a team within a team, right? We were, we were the, uh, like the, the three musketeers in a sense. Right. Um, and it's funny when I start to explain things like holding a football and how literally that from snap to kick is 1.2 seconds or less. And if it's over that it's blocked every single time and being able to do it in almost a second flat, perfect laces, as a as a holder, you can literally hold a football. It looks perfect on TV, and you can make that kicker miss ninety percent of the kicks. So next time the kicker misses a kick, just know it may have been on the holder, and you couldn't <laughs> see it. Um, and you it, know, too, they, they're, it, it it's funny because that one that team, but there's still that person who stands out, right? Absolutely. In case it's the kicker, right, or the punter. Yeah. Now, if it's a long snapper, you know, my long snap used to joke. Yeah, they're never supposed to know our name because if they know our name, that means we messed up. Uh, <laughs> I, I look at it this way. I had, there was one blocked punt that I was the snapper for. And I still to this day, I know it was the guard's fault. The guard released too early. It wasn't on me, but I got the blame. I got the wrath, but it was the guard. Hey, man, it, you know, it's funny, you know, <laughs> and, and even in those situations, we, we just kind of talked about a team within a team. But at the end of the day, you have 11 players on on the field at any given time. And I tell, I tell our, our high school kids this all the time. It doesn't matter if the other team knows exactly what play we're running. If everybody does their one job for three to seven seconds, they can know exactly what play is coming and we're going to execute and they can't stop it. You know, if you've seen that, there's like you know TikTok that's going around. There's one of like Cam Newton where he's calling an auto, you know, calling the lineup and they get McCaffrey ready to go into the flats and like watch the flag, watch the wheel route, watch the route. He's like, oh, cute, you did your homework. Watch this, and because he's right, they had it down to such perfection in running the play, couldn't be stopped. That's it. That's what we're talking about, right? Run the play, practice the play, script the play. Role play the play, do the play without even thinking about it. And, you know, it's funny, just listening to you say that, the first thing that popped in my head was business planning, right? right. So, so, again, we talk about these lessons that, that, that I took from football and, and now I've applied them into my adult life, into my professional life. And, you know, with all of our partners, the one thing that we want to make sure they have are plans to their goals, Right. And, and the way that, again, they hear me all the time with these bad football analogies, but it's literally the playbook. Right. If we can create if we can leverage some of the tools that we have, for instance, like their GPS, right, their 401, certain things that we use here um, in KW and the real estate world to help our help our partners get to where they want to be. All we're doing is we're creating their personal playbook. Right. And then it's just a matter of execution. They're spot on. So let's kind of go back. So. You, talk, you mentioned your dad, right? Driving factor in your life, right? Team sports. But then you you grow up, right? Your dad is always going to be a driving factor and an influence for you. But now you've got college coaches and then you, you've got special team coaches. And then you graduate from college and now you've got business, right? So what was that next step? I mean, I'm not going to say there isn't entrepreneurism in team sports because there is, right? It gives you that foundation. But what was that first foray for you into being an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, so 
you know, it's funny. I, when I graduated from Maryland, my daughter was born slightly after that. Um, it was 2010 roughly. So the job market was still coming back, so to speak. Um, and I was living in the Northern Virginia area. So ended up stumbling into the car business, right? Uh, it was just kind of by chance. Uh, somebody opened the door for me and I was like, all right, cool. I'll do this. And I was used to really that grind, right? When, when I was playing football in college, I didn't have a choice of when I wanted to wake up, when I had to be at study hall, uh, when we had to lift, right? Any of that stuff. So it was kind of like, hey, okay, 60 hours. So everything was time blocked for you. Yeah. So you learn the importance of time blocking, right? Early, because when it comes to the, that type of dynamic for school and sports, if you're not time blocked, there's no way to be successful, right? Oh, hundred percent. You know, coach Friedgen, uh, my coach in college used to always say like, Hey, if you're like, when we were leaving the hotel to go to the stadium, um, the rule was 15 minutes early. And if everybody else was there 15 minutes beforehand, and you happen to be like the only one not there, you, you were probably going to get left at the hotel. Right. Um, so a hundred percent. And then in, in addition to that, even like we had class checkers, right? So if you're, five minutes late to class and the class checker got in at the very beginning of class, guess what? You're, you're running at 5 a.m. the next morning, every step in a 65,000 person stadium. And the coaches are going to have to be there too, which means they have to leave their families a little earlier in the morning. Uh, so it's just, you just don't want to be late. Right. So hundred percent time blocking. The time blocking and accountability. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, Back to back to, you know, what happened after I obviously ended up in the car business. Um, I worked at um, actually the number one accurate deal in the world from a volume standpoint. So it was turn and burn, hit numbers and let's crank, crank some cars out. Uh-huh. Um, right. Yeah. Pohanka, yep. Yep. The accurate deal. Yep. Yep. So uh, so I was there. Well, and... I'm char- now I'm going to have to charge them. <laughs> so. <laughs> So was there, uh, you know, was really found some success in the car business. Um, however, the one thing that that always kind of stood out to me, right? There was there were some things that I was passionate about, and we talk about all the time living a life by design, not by default. Um, and some of those things was like, I'm very passionate about filling gaps that I felt like I had in my life, right? So you know, some of the lessons again, I was able to do some some decent things on the college level. However, I, I think back to how much easier could it have been to get to where I got, and I want to make that easier for somebody else. So again, right? I could, when I was in the car business, I couldn't coach high school football, right? And and that's something that I'm obviously super passionate about that I do now. Um, and it's just really about filling gaps in people's lives. So what I really started to realize was I'm while I'm successful here, this is not where my heart's at. Right. I'm working for somebody else and I have no control over my time. I couldn't, you know, my friends was going to University of Delaware at the time to get his master's only about a two hour drive away. And we teach other once a year because he would come down my one day off. Right. Um, So I didn't know what a weekend was. I didn't know what a holiday was. And right. I had my daughter. So, you know, I missed a lot of that time with her and in that infant stage. And at, when she was younger, simply because I was at work, right? Right, like and she was your wife, right? Like that—that right? like, yeah. ha- that happened. Being a young father at that point in time, right? You know, people say, "Well, you didn't have a choice." We well, always have a choice, 
But your choice was, I gotta, I gotta rock this, right? And I have to provide. Absolutely. So being with a top producing car organization and going from a college, the environment was similar. You still had that drive, you had accountability, and now you had a why, but what you didn't have was your passion yet, right? Absolutely, man. And you know, I, I think for me, it's funny, one of one of my mentors um that I look up to a lot is Jason Abrams. And, you know, he said a quote to me one time and it really hit just because coming from where I came from and looking back at all that was, you know, without time and money, we yield little power over our life. And to me, like that really strikes deep because, you know, you can have all the money in the world. However, if you can't, if you can't spend it with the people that mean the most to you and, and, and enjoy it at, at the highest level, then what's the point of having it? Right. Um, at the same time, if you have no money in the bank, right, you could come up with a thousand reasons why you can't join your buddy at Dollar Beer Night. Um, so there's, like I said, it's a balance. And I also firmly believe that, you know, we can really have anything that we want in this world if we're willing to make the sacrifices. And most importantly, if we're willing to create a plan and just execute on the plan. So right, let's talk about that, right? So what was that plan? You're, you're doing well. You're working at a car dealership, but life isn't everything that you've wanted Right. So what was that next motivating factor? If he goes, look, if I'm going to work this hard, I may as well work for myself because you reference it. You're working for somebody else. You got a J-O-B and you're working six days a week. Right. I have found and a lot of people we've talked to come from service industry. Right. A lot of them been restaurateurs. Right. Service managers. And now we're talking to you and we're coming from, you know, the, the car sales. Right. Similar capacity of servicing others, but also working for somebody else. So what did that look, how did it evolve for you? Yeah, so first, you know, the first step was that, to that actually was, you know, my, my daughter and her mom, her and I didn't work out, which was just fine. Um, so I wanted to get a better support system around me. So I moved back home to Hampton Roads, um, you know, as I was kind of going through that separation. And I started to think like, man, what can I do besides sell cars, right? That was the only thing, that was the only thing I was thinking. So ended up, um, I was a certified personal trainer as well. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, cool. Let me go over to this gym and see if I can just start picking up some training clients. Because again, it's, it's, it's helping others live a better life, right? And, and to me, that's, that's really what motivates me even now to do what I do, right? Um, ended up selling personal training instead of actually doing as much of the training. Um, so I was actually playing matchmaker uh, okay. with some personal trainers um, and then just really sold the aspect of living that, that healthy lifestyle and what that could do for them. Um, I was with one life fitness within the first like two months. Uh, I rose to the top on the sales ladder there. And it just, the, again, we talk about time and money. It just really wasn't going to fund that that life by design that I was looking for. Um, so but, do, do me a favor. Yeah. Find life by design. Like We use it. We hear it. We understand yeah. it. I, I, the reason I asked you, because I actually said it to somebody the other day, and I found myself how to explain it. I'd love to hear your definition of what is life, di what is life by design. Yeah, man. For me, it's to, be, it's to be able to do whatever I want with whoever I want, whenever I want, and never have to look at my bank account. So again, right, having the money that I don't have to worry and being able to spend it with the people that are most important to me, right? Being able to give back to the places that are important to me, right? I always think about what does it look like with my, with my high school team, right? You know, all the kids love new swag, 
that's their thing, right? <laughs> you know, right? So what does it look like to be able to just surprise them with brand new jerseys or something like that? Right. And not even have to look at the bank account, because, again, these kids are putting forth the effort. They're showing up. They're doing everything that we ask them to do. What does it look like to just be able to do something like that and not even have to think about it? Right. And, and again, we talk about whether it's giving back to the church. Right. How much what's that goal? Right. Well, cool. Let's go ahead. Let's create a plan around that so that your business can help fund that because it's important to you. Um, and, and everybody's is going to be a little bit different, I think. Uh, however, for me, it's just, you know, it'd be nice to be able to buy a mega yacht one day, right? Doesn't mean that I would do it because I don't think it's a wise investment. <laughs> however. Boat stands for, right? Borrow another thousand, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every one of my, I trust me, I've been planting the seed with, uh, with the wife now and yeah, she's kind of vetoed me on the boat. Um, so, yeah, I'm still working that one. Let's so we'll see what happens. This, let's stick with this idea of life by design for a moment. Because, again, so you understand it, you grasp it, and you know what, you visualize what that can be and is starting to be for you now. However, it doesn't just happen, right? You're working for somebody. You said you started to get into coaching because you wanted to be a trainer, but you quickly found your sales acumen kind of outshine that. Now, was that because the money was a little bit better, right? to do that structurally, or was it just your internal com uh, conflict within yourself to see which say, which side you're going to go to get to that life by design? Yeah, man. You know, that's a great question. Uh, in thinking about it right now, um, you know, I'd, I would train a couple clients. However, I would take everybody through their initial two training sessions to, to figure out who that good match was. And sales um, and, and relationships really for me has never been an issue. Um, you probably know because we, we go a little ways back. Like I'll, I'll talk to anybody. So with that being said, like I think that was just where they saw they could maximize the value that I brought to the table the most. Um, so, yeah, I, I haven't really ever dug too deep into that one. So I'm glad you asked me that one. I do, I do really think, though, that the relationship side of things with the sales background was just the natural like hey this is a gap that we may have in our business right now and and he could fill that gap okay. um so so again it was still very much right they say as a trainer you're working for yourself however even our trainers had certain hours during peak hours of the gym that they had to be there um and that they pushed clients on them around those times so yes and you still had to be there at a certain time so it was still not completely that, that life by design. And then even now thinking about that when it came in, cause I still hadn't started coaching high school football at that time. And the right. reason why was cause, cause most of the peak hours were when school let out and the gym was, was packed. Right. So it cut right into the time that we're practicing. All right. So let's, let's jump ahead now. You're there. What leads to getting your license? What starts you going down the path of being in business for yourself? Yeah. Um, so I, I just kind of got, I was like, look, I, I'd done well. I actually had finished up in the car business, actually, at an Audi dealership down here in Hampton. Um, I ended up finishing up salesman of the year. Didn't want to work in management or anything like that. Just sold my cars and got out. Um, when I did that, wise or not, I lived off my savings for about a year and a half. I just, after the grind. So if you were able to live off your savings for a year and a half, you obviously were doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah, no. So the money was not an issue, um, you know, in, in the car business. And uh, but again, right, we talk about the time aspect. So 
again, bought a home right before I got out of the car business, right? Because I'd had the job and everything. So bought my home and then pretty much just just said, hey, I'm going to do so. I'm going to invest in me for a year and fill some gaps that I really wanted to fill and, and give back in the way that I wanted to. So I ended up my high school head coach called me, still thought I was living in Northern Virginia. Um, and he's like a, a second father to me. And uh, Coach Wink's his name, actually. And Coach Wink was like, hey, man, I got a kicker out here that needs some help. You think you can come out here? I saw you were in town. I'm like, I live here now. I moved back. He was like, oh, well, come on out. So I ended up going out and uh, ended up getting a spot on the coaching staff um, with a longtime, like, legend in our area um, that won multiple state championships, had just taken over uh, the top program in the state. Um, I guess Westfield would probably contend with that. Uh, however, we were, we, I was blessed to be, you know, three years coaching with them, three state championships. Um, we lost all three by a touchdown to Westfield up in Northern Virginia. However, um, it was just an awesome experience getting to coach with somebody that's done it for so long um, and at such a high level. So again, it was just surrounding myself with awesome people that I was still learning from. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is make sure you're constantly surrounding yourself with people that are going to that are going to make you uncomfortable in the in the right way. Right. Um, because, you know, one of my business coaches now, I tell him all the time, if I look comfortable, make me uncomfortable. Right. Because I'm a firm believer that, you know, mindset is everything, whether it's sports, business, personal, um, your, your relationships, whatever it is, your, your mindset around those things is 90 percent of it. Um, so for me, and you know, um, you know, I'm up at three forty-five, four every morning, um, you know, running and, and, and lifting and really getting my body to failure, pushing myself every single day so that I fail first thing in the morning at something. Um, and I just look at that. I look at that process as something that not, the day is going to throw nothing at me that I can't handle. Right. And if I can, if I can callous my mind, so to speak. As I'm as I'm doing my morning routine and push myself to an extreme, I'm better prepared for the day, no matter what th what, what it throws at me. Um, so again, right, those lessons um, going back to sports and everything still I hold really close to me. Um, but again, right, going back to what we were saying, I took a year and a half off coach high school football. What got me into real estate was my. One of my good buddies that had been selling real estate for two years, I sold him his Mercedes, actually. Um, and so he was like, man, you should get into real estate. He planned to see probably about a year and a half ago um, leading up to this. And uh, when, actually, when I was getting out of the business, you know what they say about seeds, plant it and you just got to give it time and it will grow. Um, so, you know, naturally, my sister at the time um, was trying to figure out what she wanted to do. She gotten into real estate. And, you know, love her to death, just like most agents. She pretty much got her license. They gave her some business cards and were like, here you go, go sell some homes. So her first year, she didn't sell anything. And I was big brother who, you know, had sold a bunch of things. So she was like, hey, why don't you come over here? So I uh, ended up joining my sister okay. and uh, we were at a small brokerage that was attached to a builder. Um, and, you know, we got the ball rolling, started building business up pretty quickly, just because this was my home base. Originally I'm from here. Uh, so just started working with everybody that I knew and my previous database that I'd sold cars to and things like that. Um, 
Now, what I love about that is that here you are, right? A guy who was impacted by your father, impacted by your college coach, getting reintroduced to your college coach and now being able to provide influence and impact to college or high school kids, right? And now your sister comes back into the picture, right? And she wasn't somebody that you were working with, right? But she had an idea and you were open enough to listen to what that looked like and to say, all right, tell me more. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was, you know, like I said, it was, it was my baby sister. So I was like, all right, this is what we got to do. The one thing that my mom will tell you is that it, uh, you can't necessarily push people to do things that they don't want to do. Right. Um, so in this situation, right. You'll push them somewhere. You'll push them away is what you're going to do. Yeah. 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 So me and my sister have always been super, super close. Um, with that being said, I think my mom, like, mom, I, my mom would get these calls in the evening. Like, I don't, she tells me this and it's that, right? Love her to death. And it was just one of those things that was putting a lot of strain on our, not relationship. However, she just, what her situation needed and what mine needed were two completely different things. And that's really what it came down to. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we ended up try, looking to grow a team. Uh, so, you know, and it's funny when we talk about the brokerage that I was at, like I said, it was pretty small, but it felt like I was working for the brokerage. So here we go back again, right? You're still not working for Ted. Exactly. Exactly. And that was really probably the biggest catalyst to me leaving is because the owner was also owner or part owner of the builder. So right. all the leads that we did get got funneled into just getting these people to build these homes and get into these homes. And to me, that wasn't, you know, even when I was in the car business, most people don't like coming to the dealership, right? They're like, oh man, I got to go look at cars today. And it's not until they find the one they want that they start to get a little bit, of, a little bit excited. To me, like I always looked at that as a challenge. Like, hey, how can I meet David when he walks into my showroom and completely change his perception about what buying a car should be like? Right. How do I make this fun? How do I make how do I involve involve the kids, the family and just completely change what that expectation is the next time he goes to buy a car, the next time he has to go to a dealership. So for me, it's 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 really the same thing in business. Right. And, and in real estate, when I got there was, man, how how do I create my own experience? And when I felt like I was working for somebody else and the experience was based off of what they wanted. Like, and again, right, when we talk about helping people, am I helping you by just saying, hey, build this home? Or is that, is that, that may not be what's best for you. And if I have, if I'm being pushed in one direction, I can't really help people the way that I wanted to. Um, so I was like, hey, I kind of want to build a team. So I uh, interviewed a couple of different places, ended up landing at Keller Williams, uh, my OP and my team leader at the time met with me like three, three different occasions, probably each one, uh, hour and a half to two hours. Um, they, they made sure like that transition would be a win-win. And, uh, you know, my buddy that told me to get into real estate a long time ago at Plan to Seed, he wasn't over at KW. Um, that was the only other office I was considering. And it was a natural pool there because we, we've been best friends forever. However, they, that, that place did not have what I needed in order to, to grow my business um, the way that I want, wanted to at the time. So um, ended up at KW, man, uh, and, and, the, and failed Ford 
every way that you could building my building my personal team in the beginning well, now for the first time you're truly your own business owner now right you're the, the, so the idea of entrepreneurialism had been there you kind of had an idea of what you thought it could look like or should look like but the draw of working for somebody was always there now the first time we're investing in yourself and while you have an idea what that may look like it's never as simple as we anticipate, right? So we hear about those stories all the time. And we can, and yes, systems, models, tools, and leverage are, are available to you. There's no foolproof plan to establishing that. Absolutely not, man. You know, we got this thing called the Red Book that we try to base building teams off of and stuff. Um, and, you know, even when you follow it to a T, you'll realize that you didn't follow it to a T and that there's a gap or you put your little spin on it because it's your business now, right? Hey. Um, and you're like, hey, you know what? I get it. And I think I'm going to go over here and do it my way. Yeah, I'm going to reinvent the wheel here, even though there's literally the best selling book about this. I'm going to do it my way. You know, so instead of rip off and duplicate, which is what we highly encourage, you're like, I'm going to research and design and do it all my research and development, do it on my own. Absolutely. absolutely. I get that about you. You know, hey, so, and I think too, you know, a lot, a lot of what I've seen is a lot of times when people want to build teams, you know, and, and what I ask agents now when they want to do that is like, what's the big why behind building a team, right? And diving deeper into that. Cause, you know, from what I've seen, and even in my own case, sometimes some of it's for an ego, right? I mean, I mean, it is what it is, right? Oh, I, so, I, I completely agree with you that a lot of times, or, I would say a lot of times, I'd probably say more than 50% of the time, teams are created for the wrong reasons, right? And ego has a lot to do with that. Ego not kept in check with the right entrepreneurial spirit is doomed to fail. However, you still have to be, I don't say egotistical, but you do have to have be driven, right? You've got to have, and there's a balance there. So I, I can see where people get confused between the two. And why it takes time to figure it out. And yeah, and I think you're spot on. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, um, I think sometimes ego can get can also get mixed up with someone just being uber competitive. Yep. Right. And, and I look at, you know, me going back to sports and that competitiveness is is what did help me get to where where I ended up going. Um However, like you said, there, there's there's a balancing act, right, between being super competitive and 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 then passing that point to where now you're egotistical. Um, well, how long ago is it? So when you joined KWN? Uh, it's going on five years now. All right, so it's been five years. You started your team, took you some time to figure that out, but then things started to roll for you, right? Now things are completely different, right? It's not just the team anymore because now you didn't just establish entrepreneurialism through success and running a business. You've now seen entrepreneurism, which is a lot of stuff to present opportunity to you. So tell, tell us a little bit about that. What does opportunity look like when you're purposeful? Man. So I think opportunity comes, comes at you when you least expect it. Um, you know, one of the things, even with building a business that I tell for new agents is build the same thing as building a business. A lot of times you're going to put a lot of effort in, and in the beginning, it's going to slow as fast, right? And a lot of times we talk about earlier, right? The reason that I run at 4 a.m. every single morning, the reason I put myself sometimes in painful situations and then push through them is so that when mentally I've been doing X or Y or Z for X amount of time and the results really aren't showing yet, I know that I have the mental 
fortitude to continue to push forward, right? Knowing what that end goal is and just staying committed to the plan. And then when you least expect it, that's when the opportunity will show itself. And, and from what I found, it's not just one, it's usually multiple opportunities when you least expect it. And then that's a really good problem to have. And then you're having to lean on your business coaches, your mentors, and, and really start to pick their brains around, hey, what do you think is the best for me based on what I want and, and what you know of me and our relationship? So, um, yeah, it's just it's, it's funny. It's, I guess it's like the domino effect, right? You're pushing for one opportunity, and then if you just stick to the plan, I think it goes back to what we said in the beginning, stick to the plan, execute the play. Next thing you know, you, you, you'll have a, a decision to make and a challenge that you didn't, you weren't anticipating, which is. Only then suddenly, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Suddenly. So now that here you are, right. So kind of so your business growth, tell everybody a little bit. So what you've got going on now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's funny with, with our personal business, uh, you know, I had, I had one of my younger cousins come on board and I was hiring people because I wanted to help family and friends and not necessarily the people that were best for my business. So I had to let a lot of family go, um, which is always a fun conversation. But again, right, we're all good. Uh, it just wasn't a win-win. So it wasn't a, a good long-term fit for anybody. With that being said, my wife and I have basically run our personal business now. And, and I say run. I do the marketing for it to be a little bit of leverage for it. But that's pretty much all hers now. Um, we built that up here locally in Hampton Roads. And, you know, what... She's been a blessing because, you know, I was able to meet people like yourself, right? And it's funny the way that you ended up reaching out to me. When I came over to KW, they just rolled out their new technology platform command. Um, and coming from where I came from in the car business, when we change CRMs or technology platforms, the owner doesn't care about any reason why, whatever. Like, here are your numbers, hit your numbers. This is making me more profit. So this is what we're going with. Get used to it, right? So I was like, oh, we got this free, like, system here. I'll go ahead and, hey, I'll just use this, right? I'm building my business. So, hey, that's cool. I'll, I'll build with it. And uh, it ended up, I guess, I don't know, I, somebody, your, yourself, David, emailed me and based off of my command, uh, the utilization of the technology that we had at the time. Um, and reached out to me around, would I be interested in training agents on a local level and, uh, you know, on the tech platform? So in true KW fashion, KW rolled out a product and they said, hey, look, there's a need here. We got a regional guy. Now we need somebody on the ground level. And, uh, you know, I was blessed to have those opportunities again. And the thing with that was it was in multiple offices. So what that then did was give me a platform to now have an impact on that many more people, which again, when we talk about filling gaps and things along those ways, anything that I can do to help other people get where they want is, is, is going to fall in my top 20%. Um, Cause I'm a firm believer. If I help enough people get what they want and need out of this world, I'll have more than I could ever ask for. So, you know, that's. You know, that comes to into fruition, right? And now I love, I love, this is what I love when we start wrapping down these calls and, and we hear these stories and we think about the impactfulness and the entrepreneurial spirit. But now if you think of, and you can visualize, right, all of those trials and tribulations that you've gone through to get to here, but here is still just a jumping off point, right? That's that slowly but suddenly thing, right? You have your team, 
You're a technology person in multiple market centers. Now you're working for United Home Group, one of the largest teams in the nation, right? And the impact that that allows you to do, what does that look like for you now? Yeah, man. So, you know, two and a half years as a tech tech guy. Um, And, you know, when we talk about plans and executing the plan on my growth plan, my next stepping stone, so to speak, was I wanted to be a regional technology trainer, right? Um, And I was doing what I needed to do, talking to the people that I needed to talk to, bringing value where I needed to, to to be on that path. Um, And just around time that um, you know, I was probably within the next couple of months would be in the running for one. Uh, what ended up transpiring was one of my connections from our labs advisor crew, which does a lot of the back end testing for KW technology that, again, I was able to get nominated for and, and join that awesome group because of you, David, um, that through your name and that through my name in the hat. So what ended up transpiring from that was uh you know, I was, I, I made some good connections there. Um, John Morris actually connected me and Michael Putnam, who's the um, director of sales and expansion for United Home Group. And he said, Hey, look, I know you're looking for that regional technology trainer role. However, I have this one regional role in your region. That I think you'd be really, that you'd be a good fit for. Um, and now it's not quite as much technology. It's a little bit more sales. And I was like, Oh, okay. So it was kind of that pivot where I'd just been in a straight consulting role for agents for a while. And it was kind of cool because and it, it kind of sparked me up a little bit because now I kind of get to get back into the sales side of things. Right. Um, and, and helping people there. So now, you know, I talked for about a month and a half around that to make sure it was a good long term fit win win, not not just for myself, but mainly for that organization as well. And uh, man, it it. it it couldn't be better. Right. Um, for me, I think you're the, like Gary says all the time, you're the, some of the people you spend the most time with. So to be able to be coached and surrounded by some of the, some of the top people in this company at Keller Williams, um, you know, having Cody, you know, I'm actually flying out to uh, Portland here this week and, uh, you know, going to get to hang out with, with Michael and Cody and, and just lean into that process, right. Surround myself with some of the top people that have already had a massive impact on others, right? And we say surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do at the level that you want to do it. And, you know, Cody, like you said, we're uh, one of the largest expansion organizations in the world. I think we're just about to be over 300 partners um, and we're in five countries. So the, the impact he's had on so many people, I'm like, those are the people I need to surround myself with. And now you have a personal goal of adding 60 people, right? Correct. Right. So you're, again, if we talk about impact, right? We moved away from impacting of buyers and sellers and coaching through technology, right? Because that's what that is. It's a consulting mm-hmm. approach. Now you're taking all of that. You're, you're growing and developing team members, business owners, mm-hmm. Right. And that's going to have a trickle down effect. Absolutely. Five years from now. Right. And you've achieved that goal. What kind of impact is that going to have on you that you've been able to do that for so many people? Yeah. I mean, to me, you know, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. Right. So Simon Sinek always always dives into like your why. Right. Being able to articulate what your why is. And for me, it's my daughter. Right. And, 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 you know, he always says your why is predetermined. It's based off your past. You can't really change it, you know, and then you have your just cause, 
that is that you're working towards that will live on after you're dead and gone as well. So for me, it's, you know, having my daughter grow up in a split family home. Um, it's, it's being able to impact others' lives so that no matter what questions she may have for me throughout all these little shifts that we go through in a co-parenting relationship, that, you know, I, I'll, have my, I'll have my side, her mom will have her side, and the truth's probably gonna be somewhere in the middle as I tell her all the time. However, I, I want her to be able to take my phone, go down my Facebook, pick a random person and just ask them how, you know, how did my dad have an impact on your life? What, tell me about my dad. Right. Oh. So so for me and hopefully we do this the right way and we do it at scale. Right. And, and the cool part that will come from that is when I am dead and gone, hopefully they're still at the top of the mountaintop telling those stories. Because, um, again, I'm a firm believer. Actions speak way louder than words. So, you know, I'm just really at this point in my life, just trying to make sure that my actions align with what I want in the way that I want her to view me, you know, as she becomes an adult, she's 11 now. So, um, yeah, that's really, you know, without getting too deep into all that stuff that, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the big, you know, my why is her and that just causes making sure that she knows who her dad is and the impact that he's been able to have on others and that he'll always be there to do it for her too. So. Well, that, that's awesome. And, and I, I appreciate your honesty and openness in sharing with that. And I think our kids a lot of times are a why, and most times they are as they should be. Um, and, but that continues to evolve and change. And the impacts that we have on them is, is through the lives that we lead and that trickles down. But uh, Ted, I really appreciate your time today on Entrepreneurial Impact with Joe and I. Uh, Joe's here. Say hi, Joe. Um, but we, we welcome you and we thank you and we wish you nothing but the best in your future endeavors. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for having me.